This afternoon's uh, scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 4 through 15. Hear these words. He had to go through Samaria, and he came to a town in Samaria named Sychar. It was near the place which Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, tired from the journey, sat down there by the well. It was about midday. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus spoke to her. Give me a drink, he said. What? said the Samaritan woman. You are a Jew asking for a drink from me, a woman, and a Samaritan at that. Jews, you see, don't have any dealings with Samaritans. If only you'd known the gift, God's gift, replied Jesus, and who it is that's saying to you, give me a drink. You'd have asked him, and he would have given you living water. But sir, replied the woman, you haven't got a bucket, and the well's deep. So how are you thinking of getting this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank of it himself? with his sons and his animals. Everyone who drinks this water, Jesus replied, will get thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water I'll give them won't ever be thirsty again. No, the water I'll give them will be a spring of water welling up to the life of God's new age. May we be grateful for the hearing, the reading, and understanding of this word. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we thank you for the Holy Scriptures, we thank you for the opportunity to, to hear them uh, among this community today. If there was any words or thoughts that entered into our hearts as that story was being read, we pray that you would help us to uh, continue to think about that throughout the day and throughout this week and what you may be trying to speak to us. And Lord, I pray that uh, in these coming moments that you would speak through me and Lord, that you would always speak in spite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. In 2010, I had a uh, surgery on my back that was pretty extensive, and it was uh, several hours in Philadelphia. And I remember waking up from that surgery, and one of the first things that happens when you uh, wake up from surgery, as many of you know, is that you're awful thirsty. Uh, there's a sense that you would do anything uh, to get your hands on a bottle of water. Uh, and that was the case. I can still remember it. It was, uh, it was awful uh, to be that thirsty. And those taking care of me uh, would say, we can only give you a chip of ice here or there because we're not sure if you're going to have to go back into surgery and all of this. And um, when they gave me just the little taste of a piece of ice, it was it quenched that thirst for about a half of a second. Uh, and then I wanted more. And I just, I couldn't stop thinking about how thirsty I was. And I had to wait and wait and wait. In fact, I remember having a dream the night um, uh, of the surgery, the, the night after it had taken place, and I still couldn't have anything to drink. And it was one of those torture dreams. It was, it was a sea of, of clear, beautiful, drinkable water and, and in this sea was a large uh, pirate-like ship with, with flags that had the Sprite soda logo all over it. 
And it was just torture, and I was in heaven, and then I woke up and realized it was only a dream, and I still couldn't have a drink. It was awful. It's not, it's not fun to be thirsty. It's not fun to, to not have a way to, to quench that thirst. But when we do, when we do get that taste of water, it becomes something um, so relieving, so amazing. You know, one day Jesus and, um, is, is learning that the Pharisees have been investigating some of his activities. So as he heads north back to, to Galilee, as most Jews would go around Samaria, Jesus chooses to go right through Samaria. And he begins to have a conversation with this woman uh, at the well. And the fact that Jesus is choosing to do this is, is just so huge. And as we read this story, we might think it's just kind of a, you know, oh, that's nice. Jesus stopped and talked to a woman and uh, said all kinds of, you know, it was just a wonderful conversation, and that, that's great. And we know, many of us know how that story may end. But if you learn a little of the background of what's actually going on in this story and why it's so important that Jesus is actually talking uh, to this woman, it can become all the more powerful. You see, many Jews would ignore Samaria all over the place and all the time. Some may go through, but most of them didn't want to be anywhere near where those Samaritans lived because um, going back to the Old Testament and the, uh, when the Israelites um, divided into a northern kingdom and southern kingdom, and, and then you have this story of uh, Samaritans uh, becoming known as kind of mixed breeds or, or half-breeds. They're not pure anymore. They're, they're not people that uh, we can associate with anymore. And all sorts of hostility over the years would continue to grow and grow. And certainly in the first century in Jesus' day, this was um, certainly um, happening. In fact, if a Samaritan, uh, if a Samaritan shadow fell across a law-abiding Jew, the Jew would end up going to the temple for cleansing. When Jews spoke the word Samaritan, if it came out of their mouth, they would spit on the ground and curse. Sometimes when um, Jews were walking, Samaritans would follow them and put straw down on their path, and, and as they, uh, the path that they just walked, and they would light the straw on fire, uh, kind of like a good riddance. So, uh, I don't know how you treat people that you don't like, um, but chances are you don't spit on the ground and, and curse their name when you say it, or um, you're not coming up to the altar for cleansing or to be anointed with oil if someone's shadow touches you as you are outside. I mean, this is some serious hostility and some serious um, hatred that's going on. And we serve a Savior who broke down those walls that divide. So here you have a Jewish Jesus approaching a Samaritan woman. And one of the aspects of this story um, that we see as this conversation continues between the two, we see some things happening. Uh, first, we realize that Jesus um, asks her for a drink, which is pretty amazing. The Son of Man, fully God, fully human, sitting next to her asking for a drink. Secondly, in the story, we see that the Samaritan woman is shocked that Jesus would even be talking to her. And then in another aspect of the story, we see that Jesus offers her living water. 
And oftentimes when we read Scripture, we can be encouraged and we can say that's a wonderful story, but what does that have to do with me? Uh, how does that relate to me? Uh, how does that, what does this mean when I walk out of here today and have to go visit a friend in a nursing home or, um, you know, a spouse is, is ill or a grandchild struggling, whatever it may be? What, what does this mean for me today? And there's a few things um, that happened in this story here that I think relate to us today. So with the first one where Jesus is asking her for a drink, something's happening here. And one of the things I would say is that for us, it reminds us that God is the one who initiates relationship with us. As Jesus was the one who begins this transforming conversation with the Samaritan woman who just thought maybe she was just having an ordinary day around lunchtime, around this time, but yet God initiated a relationship with her, initiated conversation. And it's a reminder that in the midst of our ordinary days, in the midst of our normal schedules, whatever that may look like, that God is, has initiated relationship with us and that God is at work in our lives even when we don't know that God is at work in our lives. And we can think of maybe times as, as children uh, when we are adults when we wanted nothing to do with God and now we can look back and say, but God was still there. God was still trying to initiate that relationship. The second aspect where the Samaritan woman is shocked that Jesus is talking to her, how, I think how that can relate to us is in this way, is that the news that God speaks to us is also humbling. It may have shocked her. It may have um, totally caught her off guard. And sometimes when we understand the fact that God actually wants to speak to us too, that can be kind of shocking. That can be kind of amazing. That can be very humbling. As you look into the sky and see a full moon tonight, or as you see the endless stars on a clear night, or the sun rising, or the sun setting, or as you see some mist along the horizon on some farmland in our area, we can be reminded that it's humbling that the creator of all of that desires to, to be in relationship with us, to speak to us. And sometimes I'm not convinced that we're aware of how amazing it is that we have the opportunity to pray and that the creator of all of that is, is listening to us and knows us. And the fact that God is initiating relationship with us and wants to be with us and is with us always can be very hum humbling. And of course, the last part of the story where Jesus, or part of the last part is where Jesus is sharing and offering this living water and discussing with the Samaritan woman the living water. And for us, we can be reminded, of course, that each and every day, Jesus offers us living water. As Jesus offers living water to the Samaritan woman, Jesus offers that water to us each and every day. It's nice to quench a thirst. It was nice for me to finally be able to have a drink in that hospital room, but I was thirsty again one day. We can quench a thirst in the middle of the night if we have a cup of ice water next to our bed in case we wake up and we're thirsty, but we'll be thirsty again. It's a temporary satisfaction like many things in our lives are. They may make us happy for a moment or bring us a brief glimpse of joy, but ultimately they don't give us full satisfaction when in reality, Jesus offers a flowing, living water for us to never thirst again. 
the type of water that will become a spring of water that wells up to life in God's new age. The question can become this morning for us is do we want the living water? Or maybe a better question for you is this, do you thirst? Do you thirst? Did you plan to possibly be more devoted to your relationship with God if you came to the Ash Wednesday service two weeks ago and now you're turning around and you're here and you're thinking, I haven't really changed much at all. I, I planned on doing that and, and I feel like I'm still busy. I'm not having enough time to read scripture and I'm barely making it to church and life's crazy. Are you off track? Today, the reminder is that Jesus offers you grace. Jesus offers you forgiveness. Jesus offers you the living water. So may all of us, myself included, be more intentional about receiving this living water that is available to us in this journey that we're still in of Lent that leads up to Easter Sunday. May we thank God for the grace in our lives. May we give thanks to God that that God still speaks to us. And may we receive this living water that Jesus offers to you and to me. And may that water flow through our hands and flow through our feet as we go out and serve as Christ representatives in the world. Let us taste the water that Jesus offers so that we may never thirst again. Amen. I want to invite you just to take a moment to be in prayer and reflection and maybe ask yourself the question, what is God trying to get across to me today and how might I respond to that? and we thank you for your presence with us in this place today. Lord, help us to respond to anything that you may have been putting on our hearts in this service this afternoon and help us to put our faith into action and help us to continue to grow in our love for you and our love for one another as we strive to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ that walk in the way that leads to life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I invite you to stand again, if able, as we sing Trust and Obey on in your United Methodist hymnals, number 467. And we're just gonna sing verses one, two, and three. <laughs>